I hope you guys are having a beautiful holiday season. I hope everybody's happy. And I hope everybody is ready to go down the road of the dorkiness. Come to the dark side, because we've got pie. And this is the Backyard Gardens Podcast, All Things Mulch. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the Backyard Gardener, and Batavia, the Front Yard Gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody, we are going to be talking all about mulch today. How exciting is that? <laughs> Sorry, that's me and my excited face and voice and hand gestures. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, so if if anybody senses a sense of confusion on Batavia's part, it's because I changed the subject literally two seconds before mm-hmm. we hit record. So it's all good, though. Yeah, it's all right. Because this is very important, I believe. I've actually recently been doing some research on this as well. So here we are. It works out. Oh, Uh snap. Good. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) I am surprised, actually, and I'm proud of you. I'm going to wait a moment before I'm offended about, about that. I'll let you know. Oh, don't be offended. Don't be offended. I mean, there's no reason to be offended. I can be offended, but it's still registering. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Just register it for about another hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) Recalibrating. Yeah. So I want to take a second right now and acknowledge the fact that Batavia and I are so focused on gardening and everybody being as successful as they can in their garden that we have neglected to do one thing. Mm hmm. And we have neglected to request for everybody to leave a review or a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast, because it really is going to help us grow. I know you hear it all the time. Give us a five star review. And blah, 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 blah. Just give us a review, please, wherever you're listening to it. I don't care where it is and um, help us so we can reach more people. And um, maybe we won't focus as hard as gardening, but I won't make any promises no, on that. No, so. it, it absolutely helps us. It helps our <laughs> efforts. It helps us help you. So... Please and thank you. Please and Mm -hmm. thank you. All right, Batavia, socks. (laughs) You know how cold it's gotten to. No socks. Um, Yes. But as you can see, not only have I changed back into my winter, spring, fall sweater, um, I've transitioned into scarves. If there's anything that I enjoy about winter, and there's not a lot, it is scarves. I am a fan. Yeah. Like I may or may not have slept in this scarf. You know, I'm just saying. And it's not even about this. No, no, this is a warm and fuzzy one. But like, yeah, I probably have more scarves than I have shoes. So there's that. No judgment on my part. So you're good. But no socks no yet. Judgment. Nope. I'm still I'm back into um, like full calf high winter boots, like, you know, trekking in the snow type boots. But those yeah. slide in just fine barefoot. So. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's been touch and go, but I mean, we still have days in December that we're in the 40s. So I feel like it's almost, it's almost obnoxious to have on socks when it's 40 degrees. Come on. A little bit. Yeah. I have socks on right now. Really? (laughs) 
Yeah. Earlier this month, I've been early. I've been trying to do like long walks, so mm-hmm. and it doesn't really work well with me and like flip flops and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So, yeah. you know. I got to take care of the dogs mm-hmm. or else they can start barking. Mm-hmm. Earlier in December, there was like glove weather in both Austin and in parts of Florida. Um, and so in my heart, I said, ha, 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 ha. you know, like get over yourselves, right? Oh, 35 degrees, right? Uh, hey, that's, that's serious to them. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, you can't be all elitist about the cold just because you live in Arctic. I absolutely can. There are like three or four places in the United States where you can absolutely be elitist when it comes to winter and you can laugh at people. And I'm not a person that laughs at others until this moment comes. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, just about anywhere on the East, you know, on the East Coast. Are you going to leave us hanging on the um, That's what I'm, I'm going to get three there. or four yeah. places? So I'm thinking okay, like okay. for sure Chicago as in the Windy City. I think that... Um, Again, it, like the East Coast in general. So your New England's, your New York's, you know, those guys get it pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I have one more place. And I'm not talking about like Alaska. Clearly, they can top all of us. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'd say Montana. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I was going to say because Denver can go one way or another. You know, Mm -hmm. in the blink of an eye. But I don't know if Mm -hmm. they they have the staying power. I don't know if it's kind of like we're coming up on January and it shall be sock weather very soon. Let's just say that that's going to be a transition month for me. So we are the same way about summer heat Mm. here. You know, it's like everybody like when I lived up north, it'd be like 80 degrees. Like, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. it's so hot. I'm like, dog, it ain't even warm Mm -mm, yet. mm -mm. Like. Yeah, yeah. Y'all just, you know, and we would get like hot weather for like a week and it would always break my heart. I'm like, that's it. That's how we're going to get. So, yeah. When I was, um, I had a list of different places that I was, you know, for my work when I was traveling a bit more, I would like book some time on the front end or the back end of the business trip. And as a part of that, I was kind of scoping out the city like, okay, in my mind, I was going to leave Chicago and is this the place I want to move? And so um, Phoenix was on my list and I actually went there, not in the midst of summer, thank goodness. Um, I went there kind of like, I want to say maybe February, March or something. Um, So they still got cool weather, not cold, obviously, but I kind of nixed them off the list because I thought like I'm running from the cold in Chicago to running from a pl- mm-hmm. running to a place where all I'm going to do is be in the air conditioning. You know, so it's yeah. like you're just looking for a cool place. Then separately, and since I have some fa- uh, family in Florida, I went out to some parts of Florida and it was just like, I need to go back and make a doctor's appointment. I cannot stop sweating. I'm looking around and other people aren't sweating. <laughs> it's just me. And I'm like, just trying to sit real still. How can I eat this meal without moving is my question. Because it's the humidity down I'm there. I'm sitting boy. in a puddle, right? You know, Florida is no joke, uh, son. Talk no about the joke. adjustment that was not made. I was probably there like six or seven days and I'm just like, serenity now. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Florida and uh, Louisiana are mm-hmm. two of the hottest states I've been in because of the humidity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you live in Alabama or Mississippi, like, what, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Next home. But <laughs> like when I go there, like those are the two places. And I've been there yeah. because I have family in both. Mm-hmm. And it's usually it's it's oppressive, but yeah. I still love it. Yeah. There's something about when you just sit outside and it just sweat. I like to sweat. 
That's my thing. See, I'm okay with sweating, clearly based on some of the work I do, even though it's not uber duper hot here in Chicago, which normally, like we've talked about, like we'll get a stretch of 90 degrees, but it's it's record breaking when we're getting into like triple digits. Like that's not a thing for us as often. It happens, but it's literally record breaking. Like last time in 1948, yeah, Um, but uh, we did have a heat wave, I think, back in 95. But that's a different conversation. Um, So it's sweating for me. I'm all for it while I'm in the moment. So when I used to run, I'm, I didn't matter. Like you're sweating from head to toe. Um, yeah. And when I'm in the garden, it's the, once it gets that hot, you're basically sweating out your clothes. But once I'm yeah. done with that activity and once I'm like going from the car to the house or like if I'm out walking in a park or something, I just don't want to be walking around in regular clothes with sweat spots. Call me a yeah. prima donna. My dad or my son, when we were out there this summer working, he was like, daddy, it's like, yes. He was like, let me go get a piece of string. I said, okay. I said, what the hell are you going to do with some string? He's like, I'm fixing to make a clothesline. I was like, why? <laughs> He's like, because we're hot. We're going to take off our clothes and let them dry out while we work. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's do it. So, the you know, you got of a child. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn it, son. You make me proud. <laughs> but, um. Oh, greenhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, December is a... Well, I'm still trying to get my head around what your re- weather truly is like. And I haven't gotten my, my hand around it yet. My head or hands. All right, greenhouse yeah. temperatures. Take a yo-yo and go like this. And you'll <laughs> yeah. see what our weather is like. Yeah. So this morning, it was 28 degrees. And it was 33 in the greenhouse. And I kind of messed up trying to trap in heat yesterday. So it still has not gotten a frost inside of the greenhouse. Okay. That's that's really promising, though. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. big. And it is getting to be time for me to put up the insulation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because those, the, what you have planted in there, was, it's still pretty tender. Pretty young. And I mean, would it survive yeah. a frost? I, You know what? I... I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that these plants are all f- cold hardy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't know at what point they become cold hardy. Yeah. That's what, when I say like they're pretty yeah. young and so they may be, they yeah. may not, you know, have their wings yet to be able to fly on their own and the hardiness. Yeah. So. It's the coldest it's gotten in there. And I have some kohlrabi that just started like a week ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back out. I haven't been out there yet today. I'm like, yeah, it's a little yeah. windy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some stuff I got to do, but, um, yeah, we'll see. It's it's interesting, though. I was looking up. Um, I think it's I may get these mixed like flip flopped, but I think it's collards can survive down to five degrees, kale mm-hmm. down to 10 degrees or vice versa. It's pretty close either way. And so um, we had gotten like some high 30s, but the nights continually were like 26, 27, like each night over the course of a week. And once it's been that cold over the course of the night, all of the plants drooped because I still have collars and kale in my garden. All of the plants drooped and they didn't get a chance to spring back because although the day was a little bit warmer, I mean, coming from freezing temperatures, going up just above freezing doesn't give that plant a chance to rebound. So basically it had to get to like most of the days are in the 40s before those things bounce back, which is still a long right. way from 10 and 5. Like that's like it kills the plants then. When I say kill, I mean on the top of the ground. The roots in most yeah. cases are still intact. Um, so, so yeah, December's been good. Yeah, and what helps keep the roots 
going. You know where I'm headed. What? Dear Ben. But wait, I'm not ready to go there yet. Okay. I'm not ready to go there yet. I got a story to tell you. Okay. Because that gives us some time so, to recover from me, like, meshing with my mic here. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, my ears. So, um, we went backpacking last weekend. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you about this because... It was it's a crazy story. Well, you well, told me you were going crazy. backpacking, but you didn't tell me about the adventures. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I cut my I cut it off at mm-hmm. that when we were talking off air, and um, so we go out there, right? And you, know, my son's six, seven. He's six. <laughs> yeah, I forget. So he's significantly shorter than me. Yeah. And we start hiking on the trail and um, it's we had been there before, but it was all grown over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what the hell is going on here? And then we come and there's like trees all down on the trail. We had to like climb, jump over trees and climb under trees mm-hmm. and belly crawl mm-hmm. under them. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. This is odd. Like last time we came, this was easy. You know, you could find the trail. We kept losing the trail. And um, we had got out there about maybe 1.30 and we had five miles to go to get to our place which isn't too far when you think about hiking Mm -hmm. and so we were just kind of going along and going along the sun gets lower and lower and i was like all right yeah it's time for me like i was like look y'all go ahead or i was like i'll go ahead i'll stay on the trail and i'll whistle for you and just to know that you guys are fine Mm -hmm. until the sun goes down sun goes down we get within a tenth of a mile of our spot and there's these bridges going over the swamp Mm mm-hmm area totally destroyed and we're like what the hell so come nighttime sun goes down and i'm like look we got to go back you know this Mm -hmm. is this is insane i was like i know there's a campsite halfway back we're gonna try and make it back there we'll just camp there tonight and we'll leave we start hiking back and it was you know nighttime in the woods is a totally different situation Mm, okay yeah so we start going and we can't, we, we're losing the trail like every 30 seconds. We're like, what the hell's going on? I was not trying to get lost mm-hmm, out in the woods. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Kelly's like, let's, uh, let's just put a tent up on the side of the side of the trail and just can't, you're not supposed to do that, mm-hmm. but it is what it is at that point. So we get in the tent. I come to find out the trail has been closed because of cutbacks from the federal government, oh. not mentioning any names. And it's been closed for two years since a hurricane and nobody has done anything to fix it up. Uh, we were the only people out there, which means if you get in trouble, oh, there gosh. is nobody there to help you. Wow. So, Cause I was wondering if this was the, I was wondering like, have you been there since the last, you guys had the last storm, you know, maybe that's what the damage was. Two years yeah. it's been since we've been there oh, wow. and it was a storm. So we were like, Oh shit, yeah. we're stuck. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. That's you know, you know, my son's, like I said, he's six, hiking in pitch black with nothing but a headlamp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bravest little bastard you ever met. Aww, yeah. Bravest little boy. Mm-hmm. He cried one time mm-hmm. because he got tired mm-hmm. and we sat down and ate a snack and kept going. Uh, but uh, daylight came and we got out no problem. But, you know, at night is a different beast. Yeah, but yeah. it was just a crazy. What like, were the temperatures? I mean, it was uh, 30 degrees at night. Yeah. Yeah. So it was getting kind of chilly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, but you know, we have all the stuff mm-hmm, for it, mm-hmm. so it's not a big deal. But, um, my man was walking on the trail and grass was whipping him in the face the whole time. <laughs> I saw this for four uh, and a half miles. Look, it I, was just whipping him in the face. I saw your, um, your video about, um, you know, growing in shadier spots and namely this mm-hmm. time of year when it's shadier. And I was like, 
is he collecting like a, a farm of animals? So David brings mm-hmm. up, you know, here's this, uh, here's a grasshopper, you know, then here's this other creature. And I'm like, are these the same Tupperware containers he's putting them in? Like, you know, I can see, I can, I can tell it's the kind of Tupperware uh, that Kelly's okay with. Like that's, it's, you put yeah. that out to, 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 to pasture, you know, this is now officially his Tupperware. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he had guy. a full blown story to tell about each one. Yeah. I had to cut it yeah. out in the yeah. video. I was like, no, I can't do this. But he, he was says, on it. The mm-hmm. way. Like when you asked, he said, mm-hmm. yeah, so cute. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he's like, I'm done. I said what I need to say, but uh-huh. you don't get to say anything else. Bye, yeah. daddy. Yeah. Yeah. I came That's here. To, that I came here to show you not to be questioned. Right. <laughs> Are you interviewing me? Wait till he gets to be about nine. He's going to be able to put all of that together. Uh, Is this an interview? He already has. Yeah. <laughs> he already has. That's crazy. Yeah. So obviously so glad anyways. you guys made it back safe. So no yeah, signage or interest- anything like at the top Nothing. of the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. made a cutback. Mm-hmm. And I guess when they cut it back, yeah. it happened that day. Because, yeah. I mean, we there was nothing there. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we saw a bunch sad. of cool stuff, you know, a bunch of bear poop and stuff, which is. Well, yeah. Because you can't you cut know, them back. Exciting. But yeah. <laughs> no, you damn sure enough can't. And when you don't go out in the woods for two years, uh-huh. things come back. And that was the moral of the story, really, is it was amazing to me how fast everything overgrew mm-hmm. under the canopy of the forest just like that mm-hmm. nature yeah. is just it's amazing yeah yeah man. so i'm gonna take you out there you're going backpacking with me one no. day clear i mean you know what because i wasn't going to go here i wasn't going to comment <laughs> are you still there i wasn't going to comment on um you you look you dragging your family out to a spot that's been run over by ghosts you know like did you not research that no i'm gonna need some footage i'm gonna need you to get one of those drones out to make sure that the place is you know available for a habitat you know before i ever go anywhere now with you you've ruined it all i got a big old tent for you mm-hmm. and everything you're good to go mm-hmm. yeah you i'm We're sure what vets. you i'm sure what you already know about me is i need to at <laughs> least know 12 hundred steps ahead of me like <laughs> yeah. no no we'll be fine it's just up here how far is up here like give me some kilometers here yeah yeah so the first time we i ever went backpacking i remember i was looking and i was like that's the mountain we're gonna be on top of tomorrow mm-hmm. and an hour later we were on top of it and i was seeing spots thought i was uh. gonna drop dead but yeah. yeah, so it's a little, you know, because I didn't, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, yeah, that's the top of the mountain. I've hell, told you, man, I have a top terrible sense of direction. Like, terrible. Like, if there is, I'm, when I identify firmly a fault, I'm okay with talking about it. And that is one. And so that's, it's an insecurity. And so there's a lot of trust. You know, there's no GPS yeah. signal. What's happening here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 We'll Let's protect see. you one day. But one anyways, day. on to the main subject. Mm-hmm. So a couple episodes ago, we had a um, a comment, a frequently asked question of mm-hmm. why is my garden not as good as yours? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I thought a and lot I've, I've, about that. I thought a lot about and that. Have you figured it out? Um, I have a definitive answer. I actually have... Um, I believe it is a six or seven part. It's a combination of things. I don't think it's one single thing, but I'm curious to hear it because we did promise then that you would, I think maybe the episode after that, that you would share because you, you said you cracked yeah, the code. Yeah, well, we had to wait for this series mm-hmm. to come up. So 
And basically what we're doing is we're going to talk about mulch, compost, and then soil. Mm -hmm. And so my, so as you know, we both use wood chips, Mm -hmm. right? We do. I used to use wood chips. (laughs) Already in the past tense. I no longer use them. Past tense. So when you put wood chip mulch in your garden, okay, how many years have you been doing it? Um, this is the third or fourth year. It basically third 2020 year. is the third or fourth year. So when you get the mulch, is it finely shredded or is it thick chunks? It's thick chunks. Okay. And you put it down and then you remove it every year, right? Generally. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. So what's happening, I believe, and I'm, nobody can convince me otherwise what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's that's a bold statement. Go ahead. Yeah. But I believe, which gives you some room there. Then you're like, but I cannot be convinced otherwise, which means it, it's a fact. Be. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So when you put mulch on a garden, wood mulch, mm-hmm. we're talking about wood mm-hmm. only. The wood ties up the nitrogen at first mm-hmm. in the soil, correct? Okay, I can believe it. But yeah. as it breaks down, it releases more than it ties up. So I believe over the year, because, you know, every year you don't pull it all mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. It'll get sure. mixed into the soil, sure. stuff, this, that, and the other. So I believe you you are reaping the benefits of that consistent mulching off of that. As it gets in there and it breaks down, it's releasing mm-hmm. a lot more. You just have to get through that first part of it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that is what's going on because you don't fertilize yeah. often. You just started this year, but... Yeah, I'm see, I'm not, I can neither confirm nor deny. And the reason why I can't confirm or deny is um, one of the beds that did swimmingly well was the collard green bed, as an example. Um, Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. Collard green bed had strawberries last year. It was a strawberry bed. Strawberry Mm -hmm. bed had um, straw on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So no wood chip mulch until this year the year before that it may have had strawberry or wood chip mulch so 2020 wood chip mulch 2019 straw 2018 it may have had wood chip mulch however that bed was like 24 inches tall I broke that bed down which means I moved that top foot of soil out left the bottom foot of soil so anything that would have been in that in 2018 the wood chip mulch any of that that would have settled down it went with the top foot of soil so i can't say that i've consistently done a thing in that bed as an example well now hold on let let, let me give you one more let me give you one more because i want you to try to save yourself if you need so i don't need to say front yard garden (laughs) established in 2019 wood Mm -hmm. chip mulch used for sure cleared mm-hmm. like but we know again you're not going to get every chip of wood yeah. right um remulched in 2019 or 2020 so that is two years of mulch that i've put down two years of uh you do have some of that wood that's finer at the bottom that's breaking down mm-hmm. so i can give you some of that yeah because i know that in my like i pulled maybe 75% of it out of mine. Mm-hmm. And as I got down to the bottom, there was pieces yeah. that were for sure, they were going to, you know, by next spring, they're going to be total, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. soil, dirt, mm-hmm. compost, whatever you want to call it. So 
Now, the straw, did you remove the straw as well? I did. Okay. Because that's the same thing. And straw breaks down really a lot quickly, faster yeah. than wood mm-hmm, mulch. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening is I believe that you were consistently feeding those beds. And just because you move that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's happening, and you know, you say you move the top foot of soil, but do you believe that those nutrients are tied up in that top foot or do you believe that they have they leach down throughout that's, the that's bed? That's a fair question. I think, see, this is the reason why I believe it's a combination of things. So I believe it's very well possible, especially given that the, the bed is sitting on concrete. So you do have mm-hmm. that it's, um, it's not retaining as much water, meaning you know, when I water the, the top of it and it kind of everything starts to drip down. There's a lot mm-hmm. more that's um, escaping from the bottom of it because it's sitting on a concrete bed. Again, going back to the current collard true. green bed. So I can see that happening, right? When it comes to the um, right. some of that first foot of soil in 2019 did seep down into the final foot of soil or the lower foot of soil or whatever. So I can give you that. But I, you also know that I, and I looked at it, it's um, one bag, one 25 pound bag of compost, which will cover more at the towards the middle of the series uh, is designed to cover 100 square feet right and uh, for this particular brand that I use and that bed's probably 24 26 square feet so I'm yeah. putting for sure one bag maybe two bags of compost there so I, that's the reason why I say right. it's a combination of things right no mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure because and that was the other aspect yeah. of it is you're adding in compost all yeah. the time no. Like every year you're adding in a layer of compost mm-hmm. and you're putting it into the planting hole, yeah. correct? Well, if I, Are if you- I'm planting in the spring and I already put, um, the bag of compost there, I'm not adding any more when I'm planting in the okay. spring. I'm saying, you know, for 2021 future uh, thinking, but if you're, I want to believe what you're saying because it makes me feel good that again, unknowingly there's one more benefit that I'm getting from these wood chip mulch. Yes. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I had a real debate over it because, mm-hmm. look, I put those wood chips down mm-hmm. and from day one, I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. So I spent the whole summer like, well, what's the story with wood chips? Because yeah. you don't see a lot of people using yeah. wood chips. Yeah. You really don't. I mean, it's, generally and it's I, expensive. I mean, I don't think that I'm the only one that has a free mulch, wood chip mulch connect. I've seen some other people yeah. online, but it's not like it's. You know, wood chips aren't just being delivered, you know, and dropped off of trucks in every neighborhood, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mulched my whole beds um, rather deeply for 30 bucks mm-hmm. because I bought it in bulk. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would have bought it in bags, it would have cost me a hundred and some change. Yeah. So it wasn't too, too bad. Yeah. But I do believe that's, that that is a big part of it. That's because, still a lot of money just to be putting something on top of your, like, you're not even growing yeah. anything in it. So, I mean, I, I Yeah. It's a lot of money, but if you, you know, $30 isn't so much, but a hundred dollars is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I spent like 30 bucks on mine, so it wasn't a big, big deal, but, um, my parents be calling me nonstop. I had to call my mom right before this, uh, before we got on because I told her I was going to call her back earlier. I'm like, it's only, it's going to have to be quick, but let me make the call because I don't want to get to like, you know, 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon. So so um, I believe that that is part of, and that's a good thing too because that's that's says a lot. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I thought that is because you haven't been using fertilizer for years, Mm-mm. and you've flourished. Yeah. 
And so with your wood chips and the hay and not the hay, the straw, I think those are big, big, big components Mm -hmm. because if you put mulch in your bed, it's going to turn into compost naturally. Eventually. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Mm -hmm. With over the course of, you know, depending on what medium you use, which we're we're just about to get into, Mm -hmm. all those things will break down and feed your bed over time. reminds me. I literally was supposed to send a message to one of my friends today. I was up at like one thirty and um, this morning because you know, and I was like, "That's what you do." Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh, I could like send her a, a DM, but I'm like, no, nah, let me. I want to text her, so I'll have to wait because I need to ask her about some leaves. But go on. See you there. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, so I mean, that's what we were basically to talk about is just like the different types of mulch. And how to use it, when to apply it, how deep to go, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, your preferred mulch is wood chips, correct? Um, yes. That's what I've... So, let's... Yes. So, let's start with wood chips then. With wood chips, what are the, the benefits that you see off of the wood chips? Well, not realizing this was one of them that you've just described. Uh, for me, for wood chips, and you know, I stand by it. It is the best um, barrier to protect the garden against weeds. Um, mm-hmm. The amount, and it's one of those things you, after not doing it for a couple of years, you forget how big of a pain in the ass it is when you do do it. When you do do it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> <laughs> potty yeah, humor. I know, I know. Sometimes I can't help myself. Um, and that's like the amount of, there are two spots I weeded this year in the garden, two spots in all like the 14 beds that I have. And yeah. that's it. And that's all. And that's a significant time savings. Um, so yeah. it protects I the garden. I agree with that completely. And two, Cause I did not weed at all this year. Yeah. And another thing that it did for me is, um, even though I didn't, I left my wood chip mulch in place. Oh, uh-oh, here's another piece of the puzzle. So 2019 going into 2020 front yard garden was covered with a different mulch over the winter. We'll cover that in a second. Backyard garden was left as is, which meant the wood chip mulch from the 2019 growing season stayed there all winter. Um, so, what it does also is if it I don't get a head start in the spring because you know things start popping up in the spring, it still helps compress things where I don't have to worry about weeding at the top of the growing season. And that has been an Achilles heel for me because, you know, my history has been planting in June, sometimes as late as July. So by then there's all kinds of things that's growing, you know, so mm-hmm. um, the wood chips have helped me deter all of those kind of green things that want to pop up in the spring. Um, yeah. Second thing is, I truly believe it does help uh, keep my garden beds moist. I know that's one of your favorites. Um, so water retention, um, both in yeah, the raised. I agree with that. Yeah, both in the raised beds that are on the concrete, as well as the raised beds that are kind of in ground, both in the front and backyard. Um, I can tell a huge difference in how often I'm watering where. So we talked about I pull that mulch back at the start of the season to plant, but I don't immediately add it back in. So the amount of time that I water, like the first couple of weeks compared to how much I'm watering or how little I'm watering 
afterwards. And you know, before I water at the beginning of the seasons, I'm doing the finger test. So I'm sticking my finger in the soil and realizing, oh, it's still moist. Right. You know, and so that's I attribute that to the wood chips. Um, And then I think second thing, is there a third thing I have for wood chips? Mm. I mean, this is kind of a throwaway. I think aesthetics. Yeah. Aesthetically pleasing, too. I mean, and that's an important part of this, too, is aesthetics. Taking the word back out of your mouth and putting it back in mind where it was about to come out of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of those things. And then the downfalls that I have had, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not even going to talk about sowing seeds because I've said it until I've, you know, you're blue blue in the the face face, and I just said it again. So (laughs) Um, snails live in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My garden got ravished by snails and I had to go out every night for like a week and pick them off every night Mm -hmm. in the cold. And finally I succumbed to that and said, I can't be doing this every night. So I had to get some like some um, garden safe slug bait, slug Mm -hmm. and snail bait to put down. And that seems to do it. But I mean, I could not stay on top of it. And Mm -hmm. my garden looks like shit Mm -hmm. because of it. It's starting to bounce back now. But um, that's a big part. And your favorite, our favorite subject is roly polies. I was, I was going to give you your moment and I was going to come in and say, are we going to talk about roly polies? <laughs> yeah, of course we are. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm still not convinced that they're an issue, but if they are an issue, I have seen so many roly polies in my garden this year. It is unbelievable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and I think, they, big... I think they came with the wood chips. I think it's a breeding ground for them, you know? Yeah. Cause they feed on decomposing matter mm-hmm. and the difference between like, your other kinds of mulches and wood mulches, it takes a lot longer to decompose. Yep. yep. So you don't have things like worms and stuff like that living in your mulch, in your wood mulch. Yeah. So it's like that's, the, you know, the roly polies and the slugs are like squatters or something. It's like <laughs> once you, yeah. once they you know, take root, once they uh, get settled, it's hella hard to get them out. Right. Yeah. Now the benefit of the wood is I do believe once it breaks down, it is the most nutrient dense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I was, um, that, before we keep going, that shade's going to be an issue on your face. Yeah, I know. I'm, you see me trying to adjust. Look at that. Look yeah. at that shine. Yeah. Remind me <laughs> next time we record that I need you to close the, um, don't worry. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have fun coloring it later, mm-hmm. but, um, there you go. There's a know, more the, even and, tone. Look at that. There you go. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of both, but I think that, um, I personally think for me and my purposes that the downfall overweighs the benefits of using wood mulch. Yeah. And as you've well, stated, wait, your de- the is, downfall overweighs the benefits. Yeah. Okay. For, for you. me to use yeah. it. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah. And then you factor in the cost. So mm-hmm. it is of the three mulches we're going to talk about. It is the I believe it is the most expensive. Agreed. Do you agree? I think with it's that? the most expensive, and I think that it is the most um, finicky is the word that I'd use, and I can't think of the real word I want to use. Um, it is. It's. It's the most to maintain. So literally I could leave it exactly where it is 
and just dig a hole, you know, push mulch aside and dig a hole and plant. I could do that and it wouldn't be so much work. Um, but right. because of the way that my brain is wired and I was going to look, I didn't want to send her the message. I thought she was going to call you, call me. Um, so say, so let me call you. Yeah. Free leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Call you back. Here's the, uh, recording garden podcast. <laughs> Tell her, thank you for giving us a segue. Mm-hmm. Once uh, you're done with your thought. So. It's just it's it's so hard to um, to move them. Let's just say that. Whereas leaves, on the other hand, not so much. You know, easy to navigate. No. And so, <clears throat> well, one more benefit too, though. Let me say this: um, wood chip mulch has staying power. That's kind of the pro and the con to it. So once you, you put took it the down, exact phrase out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Once you, listen, to this. I'm telling you, boy. Look at us. Just connected on all <laughs> cylinders here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, like it, it ain't going nowhere until you tell it to go somewhere. You know? No. And that's a, a, a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have issues with it, it's kind of a pain to remove. It. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the reality is, talk- let's just be real. You're never getting all of it. Even if you start removing no. some of that top layer of dirt. You're never getting all of it. Even if you, I mean, it's all some of the bag soil you buy, if you look closely, there are wood chips, finely ground wood chips in that. So, and that's a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And it's in there for a reason, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? So, and I've had a lot of like high quality bag soils that have that included in yeah. there. So then we transition from that and go into like leaves mm-hmm. and which I think are the best. Because they're free. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a great way to give back naturally to the garden, too. So I literally was, I was going to text her. And when you said leaves again, like three minutes ago, I said, oh, let me press send. And so I said, and I, in my mind, I said, oh, I should wait until we get done. Um, but I don't have many trees in my, no trees on my right. property. There are trees in my neighborhood. But remember, they said that black tar we, we decided it was. They're really mm-hmm. like... That's all you have on them. And which is one of my girlfriends, I went to high school with her, right? And she doesn't live far from me, maybe like, I don't know, four or five miles. And, um, you know, her son had raked up leaves last year. And I had like garbage bag beyond garbage bag beyond garbage bag of them. One, they were beautiful. The only thing I didn't do, which is probably recommended most times, is I didn't shred them. I put them on hold. And that's the reason why I pause. When you put them on hold, what ends up happening is it becomes kind of a wet, kind of clumpy, like matted mess. You know, Uh, when you shred them, it creates a different thing. And they do have more living power, staying power. When I mean that, you can leave them on and plant around them more easily in the spring and the summer. Yes. So if you put them on hole, Mm -hmm. just like you said, what they create is an anaerobic environment. Mm -hmm. So which means there's no air getting down into it. And because the whole compost decomposition process is an aerobic process, which means it has to have air Mm -hmm. to get to it. So when you put them down hole, they do exactly as you said. So and it's this. I would imagine that it's almost the same idea with the wood chips. I don't know that for a fact, but because you can't do anything with those besides buying a shredder and shred mm-hmm, them up more. Mm-hmm. But with leaves, it's very simple to do. You just run over them with a lawnmower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and then you'll you'll you know you automatically break them yeah. up. So, you know, we rake up our yard every year. Now, I actually last night, as a matter of fact, I was having a very interesting conversation with um, somebody on Instagram about this, and we were talking about bees and pollinators, mm-hmm. and she is a fascinating individual where she actually goes out in her yard and does counts and sexes and all this stuff of all the different bees mm-hmm. and um, butterflies in her yard and said it was a very, very low amount this year. Mm-hmm. And one thing that she kind of, and I, I knew this already, but it brought it to my attention was, you know, she said she leaves all of her leaves in her yard all winter. So the bugs and critters can live under it and yeah. thrive. Whereas I'm raking them up, but the pause I have is I'm not raking them up for aesthetic reasons. I'm raking them up so I can use them somewhere else. Yeah, but that's so, still kind of, it, it It falls into that whole dialogue regarding, you know, no dig gardening, you know, so that's, you kind of walk into that territory, like you're disturbing the natural, you know, place that's leaf, leaf fail and like, I mean, I have yeah. to. Re- I kind of shrug at it to say, like, okay. I mean, I get it, but yeah. I mean, have we you, live I, in I civilized you society, you know. <laughs> well, you say that, but and I, I asked this question to you, not knowing if what your answer is going to be is: Have you ever been out into the forest and dug into the ground? Are you going to talk? About, I don't think I have, but I've seen like how. Wonderfully it's rich. It's the most fertile looking soil yeah, you've ever seen. Wonderfully rich the soil is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's just years and years mm-hmm. and years mm-hmm. of this stuff all matted up. Yeah. And then here's the issue that comes along with that. And we're kind of getting off topic and we'll, or I'm going to write the ship here in a minute. You know, there's a lot of places like when we were just, I was just telling that story about us going to the national park. You're not allowed to go off of the trail, right? Mm hmm. You're supposed to stay on the trail at all times, so the forest is undisturbed. Mm. Well, back in the days, people just walked all through it. And what happens when they walk all through the forest? They turn everything up on the bottom, introducing oxygen to that to help it break down faster. So there is a real argument of, are you really helping out by not disturbing this stuff? Or could you possibly be speeding up the process? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on like when you have just soil underneath those leaves is very different than those leaves are sitting on your grass. Right. You know, so you don't want that stuff to be broken down on your grass. I am, um, if I, I do, you do Oh, cause you don't want grass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. No, I do because I want my soil that my grass is growing in to be fed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I guess, um, without me adding fertilizer. Quick note. I was just talking to a girlfriend about this this morning. You said you're going to write to this ship. Uh, we were talking about my inability to accept things that are absolutely factual in history. Like every time I watch the Titanic, I'm always like, come on, turn it a little bit faster. Like <laughs> I am rooting for them not to hit the iceberg every single time I watch it. Um, it doesn't matter that clearly they did. Well, most people believe that's they called did. good movie making. Yeah. Is that it? Like <laughs> there's still yeah. hope. You know? <laughs> All right. So are you, are we making that sharp left or smooth left? Yeah, we're, we're, we're even and out here. So for leaves, the benefit of leaves is they add the carbon to the garden. Right. So I'm sorry. I'm distracted by, I'm distracted by a new leaf that I didn't notice on one of my plants here in the office. 
I'm still in the process There's... of the repotting, the great repotting project of December 2020. But go on. Sorry. And um, so what we do is we rake them all up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do this. And then they shred them. So I add them to either my compost pile or right next to it, I start another pile. And then you add them to your garden. So the pile that I have just right next to it, it will break down, mm-hmm. but it's mostly for me to grab and add to my garden. And so it's the same idea with wood chips as you put a thick layer down. Wait, is, are those shredded or are those whole? I missed that part. Sorry. Shredded. Okay. Yeah. Right. I always use shredded mm-hmm. leaves just because it speeds it up so much. Mm-hmm. And you, you lay them down in your garden, but the benefit is if you lay them down now, by spring, they will already start to break down and feed your soil. Yeah, yeah. They're much, much faster, right? Yeah. It's my desire, so. honestly, to have leaves as mulch, like throughout mm-hmm. the garden, throughout the year. I've just not been able to collect enough leaves to really and to cover the beds that I have. And so, yeah. again, I could have the ultimate, you know, leaf connect just a phone call away. We'll see what they're collecting, rake it up this year. Um, yeah. Well, and it takes a lot of leaves to do yeah. this, too. Yeah. And I, I think mean, I'm going to have thing. to basically manage it like garden beds at a time. You know, it's not going to be the full garden. Um, but as a good example the backyard in the cage baby 2.0 it's a great spot for them because even if they blow around they're still going to They'll be stay in there yeah yeah so that is one of yeah. the downsides and i actually last year i collected these beautiful leaves from her but i put them down too early so timing for this when it comes to the winter is important because while it's gotten colder or it had gotten colder last year, we hadn't got to the point where it was continually snowing. Like the recommendation is in the winter, if you in an area that gets snow, put them down just before the snow because that snow yeah. is going to, you know, basically cover it, hold it in place. But I put them down too early. And so by January, they had blown all over the yard. <laughs> so Again, remember they were whole too. Yeah. So for us, we don't get snow. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we we put them down and we water them in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're naturally going to get some that blow around. But, you know, and the one thing about the snow, too, is it insulates it. Yeah. And then as you get the the thawing and freezing mm-hmm. effect, it continues to water it, which keeps the bacterias and all the little critters alive in there mm-hmm. to help feed everything. And so this one, in my mind, is a good one, too, because... It gives you a thicker layer of protection for the roots of your plants. Mm-hmm. I was actually just reading right. about, again, since we're still in the winter, um, and happy winter. Gosh, I, I'm going to, yeah. yeah, that was not genuine. <laughs> uh, but it no. helps protect for places, that, excuse me, for places that do get, you know, really cold weather that may get snows snow and then thawing and then snow and thawing it helps protect the the mulch dust in whichever kind you're using um those plants from trying to you know come out of dormancy too soon you know so um you don't want something that thinks it's time to start growing and then guess what another cold spell is going to come because it's still that time of year and you know kind of sends it back so and you still get the water retention with leaves Mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. yeah you still get water retention. You just need to put a thicker layer on. Mm-hmm. So like two to four inches, roughly. So, yeah. and I mean, you can do the math depending on how much space you have in your garden. But my theory is 
if you lay a half an inch of them down, mm-hmm. it's still better than nothing. Agree. Because Agreed. it will it, it will get in there and it will feed your soil. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, let's be honest, we're putting you're literally putting fertilizer what will be fertilizer onto your beds. Yep. I agree. Right? Yeah, I agree. I um I even read something like, you know, push comes a shove, snow it can be used or considered as mulch. You know, so it's going to do yeah. something for, you know, protecting that bed, if you will. So, I mean, I guess we that's, use that. We didn't say it, but it's it is protecting the soil as well. Just mm-hmm. in general, it's protecting it from erosion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, especially if you have like an in-ground bed yeah. and you lay that down, it, it instantly protects it from erosion. Yep. Because the water is not just pulling up on it. It's going down and it's soaking mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. So those are all very important processes and, you know, it'll add value again, the valuable nutrients that it adds back into your garden is, is something that you can't put a price tag Mm -hmm. on. And you can't buy it in a bottle, right? Well, you can, but you can't buy that same same thing in the bottle. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh It's not the same and it's letting the garden work for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So Agreed. now you can fertilize on top of it as well with an organic fertilizer mm-hmm. and then that will speed up the process. Yeah. And that it, so, again, it's still some natural element that you're putting on your garden. Um, right. I have seen people, I'm not a fan of it, but I have seen people use that plastic mulch. Yes. And yeah, that's a lot of, um, I think that's typically more commercial people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Typically, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that there's not home gardeners that do that. Now, the, there is a benefit behind that, though. Heat. And that warms your soil faster. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, like where we go strawberry picking every year, mm-hmm. they have all their rows are lined in that. And then they have holes cut out for the strawberries that come out of. That's why we're picking strawberries. Probably about, you know, they're done with their strawberry harvest about the same time we're just getting ours. Okay. So, you know, it just kind of speeds up that process. But there's, you know, the, the the problem with that is like they do make it like, you know, like weed fabrics and stuff like that mm-hmm. where water will go down into mm-hmm. it, but it's not adding anything at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's actually, so it's, actually consi- it's actually something that's, you know, I think probably underestimated. Right. You know, so yeah. there are other you know, fabrics and things that you can add to your garden. But I mean, the idea of, does it break down, you know? So there is, you know, the, yeah. um, the classic landscape fabric, like the one that like, it's supposed to be a weed blocker, you know, the yeah. one that's supposed to be designed. So nothing gets through That's one of those things of, yeah, it helps one thing, but it absolutely doesn't help the other, you know? Right. And I actually use that in area like walkways and stuff like that. Yeah, I do too. But that's that's all I use it for. Mm-hmm. I, I would not put it in my garden. Yeah, because you, I mean, you want to kill two birds with one stone. You know what I mean. You want to protect your garden, but you want to feed it, and mm-hmm. this will do all of that. Whereas the plastic, it doesn't. And plus, it's just <clears throat> you're. It's plastic. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know. So for the it's landscape not fabric friendly. that I, yeah, definitely not landscape fabric that I use, and it's the same thing. It's in the primarily in the front yard. Any place that I have more than like three or four feet of walking space, I try to put it down because it kind of folds yeah. into that idea. And I put wood chip mulch on that only again because it's free. I'd love to have kind of the uh, pebble stones there one day, um, but it, I hate those. Oh, I love it. I love the look. Um, 
But that's like, man, what's the garden lottery, man? <laughs> that's yeah. pricey. And I don't even have a huge area. But anyway, um, it's nice to be able to basically, again, suppress those uh, that dirt, that soil and suppress the weeds, essentially. Now, if I had five or six um, you know, inches of some type of mulch. I wouldn't have to worry about that, but I don't have that much mulch down in the walkways. Yeah. And you know how it goes again. It literally is breaking down every year. I'm in year two of having it in the front yard. And so by uh, next year, I already see spots where you're basically getting back down to that, that layer of uh, landscape fabric, yeah. right? You know, it's wearing away. Well, see, and that's the thing too with leaves is it doesn't, it, um, block weeds as well as wood chips mm, it's a good point very good point yeah because it will let light down mm-hmm. in there because the whole idea is you're just smothering everything out except for what you want yeah so that is a bit of an issue mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> so you have wood chips i think we've talked about those over the course of the year yeah. to nauseum <laughs> and then we have we actually say i know you guys are a fan of wood chips and we're like 50 percent of us are <laughs> yeah 50 <50%. laughs> percent. and i mean you know and actually i use wood chips now in my flower beds mm-hmm, because it makes sense yeah you know what i mean i'm not really messing around in those as much i'm kind of i put something in and let it grow yeah. but as far as my vegetable garden that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I have one of the wild gardens. I did not take any out really, but I didn't put a whole lot in. Mm-hmm. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to put a layer of compost down on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put a layer of leaf mulch on top of that. And then I'm going to put another layer of compost on top of that. Oh, okay. Okay. So what that's going to do is the compost on top of the wood chips will help the wood chips break down faster. I got you. And then between that, you know, the leaf layer will break down even faster and feed that soil. Mm -hmm. So that's my plan. So Compost on compost um, on compost, yeah. Basically. Like a compost sandwich, yeah. If you're using natural mulch, Mm. mulch, you're making and this lasagna gardening method, Mm -hmm. I think is Mm -hmm. what people call it. Yeah. you know, I've, I've, I'm not against tilling, but I want to try the no tilling method mm-hmm. because from what I understand, if you don't till, you don't have to worry about compacting the soil so you can walk on it. Mm. So that's a big thing for me is like, I if I need to reach into that. one of my beds. Yeah. It was something I was reading and it was like, when you, so when you till it, it adds all this air. Yeah, yeah. And then as the air settles and you walk on it, it will, you know, compress. Mm-hmm. But if you don't add that air into it, the roots from all your plants are making it, are making those it holes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So you don't really have that issue as bad. Um, now, that being said, like I had to step in my garden every two days this year and it's not really an issue. Like yeah, I mean, I think that just based on um, my, um, the cage baby in particular sits on, like right in front of my neighbor's fence. And so that means that I can only access one side of it. I can go around on her side. She's a really nice woman. And I can, you know, if I need to pick something or get to something, but I can't just regularly work the beds. And there's also the back of the bed is, you know, fenced in as a part of the 
cage baby. Right. Um, so there are many occasions where I have to like step like one foot inside. It's like almost four feet across mm-hmm. uh, to get inside of the bed. And I think that, you know, I mean, I don't think it's intentional, but I think it's like taking a thing and making it an extreme. Like I'm not going to kill my garden season because I stepped inside of the bed once a week, even, you know, like no. it is what it is. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to say let's, Leonard, could you make a note uh, for this episode and acknowledge that I am a little bit nervous about root vegetables and what Sir Ben is describing? What, compaction? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, well, you're like, I can walk around on my soil. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, and I mean, if you start talking about root vegetables, then all of a sudden the, the game changes completely because you don't want to step on it mm-hmm. if it's and you know compacted. You want to compact it as little as yeah. possible. So, and I mean, with the whole thing with the no tilling, is you're just continuously adding mulch and compost, mulch and compost, yeah. mulch and compost. So it's always fluffy. You know, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but that's the word I'm going to go with. Fluffy dirt, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So how bad do you wish you had sunglasses right now on one eye? I'm okay. I I actually, this is a shining moment, no pun intended. I just, I don't know how this is going to come across on the video um, because this reminds me that there's still life Terrible. outside. Yeah. There's still life yeah. outside though. I was downstairs on the couch yesterday and, um, you know, I was off yesterday. So it was like the middle of the day. I'm chilling out and then the sun just traps me. And it was like this moment of like, ah. Because, I mean, we've had a lot of overcast yeah. here. I mean, it's almost winter. So, um, so yeah, it's all good on my end. I mean, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, how, wait, how does, the, how does it sound over the podcast airwaves, you know, with the sun glare? <laughs> how does that work out? No, I joke. I don't know how that works out yet. <laughs> we haven't figured that out. But when we do, we'll be rich. I know, I know, right? When we make s- sights turn into sound. Yeah. <laughs> So look, this is a, this is an amazing place to stop. Okay. So you can give the recipe of the day. <laughs> this episode is proudly brought to you by San Diego Seed Company, a company that is dedicated to providing organic heirloom varieties of seeds for your small urban farm. That's right. You heard me. You are a small urban farmer. You provide food for your family and share with your neighbors. And they are dedicated to providing you with the best seeds for a bountiful harvest. Check them out at SanDiegoSeedCompany.com or on social media at, you guessed it, San Diego Seed Company. That better be a good one, Batavia. <laughs> so uh, this is a cheat. So this is... Right around your holidays are wrapping up, right? This is when this episode comes out. And I'm going to go with the thing that didn't grow uber well for me. But I want you to remember this for probably, I'm going to say Easter. It is when you make sweet potato pies and you have leftover pie filling, Right. So this could be sweet potato pie. This could be pumpkin pie. Um, This could uh, maybe it could be I'm going to go with sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie because these are pies that can stand alone without the under crust. 
you know, so apple pie, you basically want the bottom crust and the top crust. So this doesn't work out too well. Um, so you have already made one or two or a dozen pies, sweet potato or pumpkin, and you have some filling left, but it's not enough to get into a whole pie. Um, so you could do one of two things in this moment because you already have a bunch of pies in the oven. You could put it in a, a freezable container, put it in a freezer, and then later defrost it for what I'm about to explain. Or you can go ahead and make what we're about to talk about now. So we're going to do sweet potato and or pumpkin pie muffins. Um, and they are super duper nice because you can literally count calories if you're into that. This episode airs at the end of December, so I won't be into that. Maybe next year. Um, but all you're doing is taking that pie filling. I have a six-pan muffin filler, um, so it's literally like bite size almost. Uh, take that um, filling, put it into the muffin pan. You're going to cook it at a much um, shorter time frame. So 350 is what I normally would cook a sweet potato pie at. 350 for about 25 minutes or so maybe a little bit longer, depending on your oven. You want it to be firm, so you obviously want the pie to set. Once you take those out, you can put them into, once it's cooled, you can put them into a Tupperware container, leave them in the refrigerator. They're really good for me with coffee, and you don't have to worry about the extra, to be quite frank, calories and you know the extra you know meatiness of the pie shell, the crust. You could have it with mm -hmm. eggs in the morning for breakfast. It could replace anything you're gonna do bread-wise, so instead of toast, you're going to add that sweet potato muffin, which again is the size of a muffin, not like the ones you get at the store that have the big tops. So it's basically, what was that episode of Seinfeld where it was a, uh, we just wanted the, the muffin, muffin top. top. Yeah. So it's just the opposite. You're just getting the bottom of the muffin basically because a pie like this doesn't rise much. Um, so I have done this over the years because I always misjudge how much of, um, of we're going to really make, you know, the size of the potatoes really kind of dictate what you're going to end up with. So I always have like a half a pie worth. And it's also a taste portion. If you're making your pies earlier than the holiday, which a lot of people do, you don't want folks to cut into the pie. My grandmother used to make a taste portion for pies and cakes. So that's the thing that my grandfather and I could eat like, you know, the two days Damn. before the holiday. Yeah. I love your grandmother. Yeah, man. Like she, she's, she's, look, she had already been here before. She was born in the 30s. So you're going back a ways. Um, and so that would tide us over until that holiday where we can do the ceremonial cutting of whatever cake. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually toying around with single servings for things like apple pies and blueberry pies. I haven't cracked that code just yet, but I have for like a sweet potato pie or a pumpkin pie. So there you have it. I'm going to get you on the phone with my wife. She's a Do, do we need to do some tutorials? Yeah. We actually need to talk yeah, about that needs... for um backyard kitchening. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> yeah, cuz um well I was I, well. First of all, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. You done with your sweet recipe? potato pie muffins? Okay. Simple as simple can be. It just sounds really mm -hmm, simple. Mm -hmm. So, and it sounds delicious, by the way. Yeah. Because what I was going to say is, I had decided at Thanksgiving that, um, you know, as a gardener, it doesn't make sense really to eat a lot of cakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like pies make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because so you like, think you about what? what you fold into a pie. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all fruit yeah. or whatever, you know. One other thing to note vegetable. about the sweet potato muffins or the pumpkin pie muffins, the edges of them get a little bit crispier than you would get on a pie. 
right? So once you get to That's a pie, a yeah, it's a good thing. Once you get to a pie, you, you run the risk of burning the crust if you get the edges that are crispy. But remember, this doesn't have, you can make a pie filling for the little muffin tin, but I'm not using that. I'm just pouring the batter straight into uh, the pan. Um, and so that means that everything that's on the outside of it gets a little bit crispy. So it tastes much different than, uh, I think much different than a regular slice of pie. Cause you kind of have all of those edges that are crispy. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Right. But yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's like everything you think about from a pie is something that you can think that was grown somewhere, you know? Yeah. Versus a cake, you don't get that. So mm-hmm. we've decided that this year we're going to do pies for the whole year. Oh, okay, okay. And like cakes on like super special occasions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, because I was asking, I was like, you know, why is it back in the day you always, people always had pies and they were always mm-hmm. sitting on the windowsill. Mm-hmm. And then before she even talking, I was like, and by the way, I'm pissed that you don't cool pies in the windowsill. <laughs> and she's like, well, they had shells for it. And I was like, I'll make a shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to start cooling our pies in the windowsill, damn it. I love that. But um, she was saying that because they take so few ingredients to make, mm-hmm. that's why you get it. And I was, because, you know, I don't bake. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch the backyard kitchen, you'll totally get that, <laughs> that I don't bake. I make that very clear. But um, so it just makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. And then the other thing is when we first got married, she'd make muffins, but they never had the muffin top. Yeah. Okay. Never. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to (laughs) work. She was like, well, you're not supposed to have the top. I'm like, where in the hell planet do you come from where you don't have a muffin top? Like, give me a break. I'm like, poor. She's like, well, that's not a serving. I'm like, then make it a double serving. You got to have the top. Dude, like like, muffins you buy at any of the, um, like the kind of breakfast spots, the bakery spots. I mean, you're talking about, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're coming into a new year, like eight, nine thousand calories, you know. Yeah. It's like more than a breakfast, let alone. like So, so yeah. Yeah. So now we get muffin tops, but Mm -hmm. before we did not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she'll try and skimp and I'll be like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) keep going. (laughs) Keep going. I'm like the worst in the kitchen, though. Yeah, yeah. I, um... I, um, back here on Thanksgiving, I, and you know, we're recording this actually before the end of the year. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, but a few years back I had made, I've been making sweet potato pies for the family for a couple of years before my grandmother passed away. Like I got the recipe and that was my thing. And, um, I would take one over to the house and one year my grandfather said, it's okay, but you know, you probably could have put a bit more filling in there, right? So every time I buy, so I don't make my own crust, right? I'm all semi-homemade. So every time I go to the grocery store, I one check to make sure I have the deep dish, like the deep dish crust, you know, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit deeper. And then as I'm filling the pies, because I'm always trying to like, you know, conserve something. It's like, okay, I got enough for a little bit. No, 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 keep on filling it, filling it. And so this year when I was cutting a slice, I'm like, like this is an eighth of the pie, but God damn, like mm-hmm. this is like, this is huge, you know. And then I go back to oh yeah, because he he basically gave me the red scholar, scarlet letter for not filling the pie up. Like that slice was you too gotta skimpy. Have it, man. Yeah. You gotta have it, dude. I'll tell you what. And so then it's like oh, so that's it's her recipe, but clearly that's the difference in the way she did yeah. it and I did it. Like you get almost a slice and a half and a slice because it's so thick. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was getting, actually, the other night, I was getting messages. Um, a couple people tried the Brussels sprout recipe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and they were like, can you clarify this for me? And I had to tell them like, look, when I cook, it changes every time. Like I don't have it written down. So yeah. like I give you like baseline, but it's like, you know, make it to your desired mm-hmm. doneness. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And they sent me a picture of it and I didn't answer back, but I was like, I would have cooked it for about five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just me. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing. It's the, no when science. you're starting a new a recipe you haven't tried before, you want to, I try to get it to that first, whatever they've described or recommended. And then if I don't like all of it, then I can make adjustments, but I want to make sure I try to yeah. capture it, but I'm just a little bit neurotic in that way. So maybe some other listeners yeah. are too. Yeah. I like to change stuff. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. I was, um, Second, who was I talking to? I don't remember, but it was the every time I cook spaghetti, it's always different. Was it were you and I yeah. talking about it when you were giving the master spaghetti yeah. sauce recipe? It's like every time it's always different, you know. And it's like one, I don't cook it as often throughout the year, and two, when I do, it's like different sizes that I'm using. Oh, anyway, so yeah. Have you made the sauce yet? I haven't made the sauce yet. I'm getting close to it. Yeah. You wrote it down and everything. And yeah, still man, made but it. you know what? I did. Um, I'm pretty sure I canned the last bit of tomatoes and I canned the green zebra tomatoes. So you know what color the sauce mm. is? Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did after we, yeah. I mean, you know what? To be quite frank, it tastes almost the same as the regular raw sauce does anyway. You know, so I'll, you know, you'll see a picture once I actually cook it up. Um, when I, so I actually make it into a meal, I should say. But the, um, after we got done with that episode, I did can some whole tomatoes in preparation for it. Yeah. You're just going to have to figure out what's going to happen with this whole thing because I love the, the, the shining on my face. The sun is waking me up. Uh, so you like the shine? Do you like the zebra print that's on your I know. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep so this will not be the highlight of our um filmmaking abilities on here just so everybody knows but that's okay yeah. so listen okay well they more. can't hear you on the podcast portion just the video well, you should talk. so what we were gonna say for the next one would be straw and i think that straw is a solid contender and i believe a lot of people default to straw because you can buy it so um you know and when i say straw i mean straw not hay so don't do like i do and go into the garden center and be like i need a bale of hay and they'll be like you need hay or straw like I, I uh 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 I need it for my garden. They're like, oh, <laughs> you, you don't need hay. Yeah. You need straw, yeah. you idiot. So hay has the seeds in it, and then you know you'll just end up with a mess on your hands mm-hmm. unless you hot compost the crap out of it and you can kill the seeds off. But typically, we're not going to. So um, straw is a very solid contender. Um, you can buy it by the hail sometime by the bale. Sometimes it's like four bucks a bale or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. And have you ever used straw? I have. You've used it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm. Did you buy it by the bale or did you buy it by the bag? Well, kind of, sort of the bag. I bought it from a place that is packing it up, and they send it basically in a box based on the, I can't think of the measurements they use. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of it for a couple of reasons. Why? One, it's just not. Um, 
you're not going to get a good price for it in the city, in my city at least. Um, so then you're having it shipped, right? And so yeah. you're buying it, having it shipped. And even if you get free shipping, the price that you're purchasing at is really not cost effective. Um, Do you so, have like a uh, like a mom and pop uh, garden center by your house? Um, yeah, but not. they don't think about who they would be catering to. I was looking to see if I had the the prices that from my last order. I don't know who that is. Well, I mean, it's going to be people in this urban city, right? You know, so they're going to be doing similar things that I'm doing in my garden. So you don't have people that are buying straw often in kind of the right. center of the city, you know. Um, hence yeah. the... Now, if you ever go out in the country and you find like a feed store or something, mm-hmm. then that's different. But... um. So what we do is we buy it by the bale since Batavia can't, then she's not included in this conversation. So I'll just finish out the episode. Um, joking. But I have used but, um, it. And so I have comments around using yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You've definitely used it. But when you buy it by the bale, it comes in like, I don't know the technical term for it, but you get a bale and then each bale comes in blocks and then you can just kind of take off a little block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you put it. And then what I like to do is then I like to shred that as well. Ah, okay. Because again, you shred it and it makes it smaller, makes it easier to break down and it doesn't mat down in your garden. Like a lot of people have had experiences with, I'm sure that just get it and then they'll have like a full bale of hay or straw, whatever, and put it down and then it'll just kind of get like all thick and matty and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And while that is good, it does cause that anaerobic situation where you're not getting that air into your into your soil. And that's the reason why I didn't like it. So this is the current pricing um, from the place that I purchased from previously. Four pounds, which isn't a lot, is $29.99. Um, yeah. here, here's one bale. They sell that's it in absurd. one bale. $119.99 for one bale of Oh, straw. hell no. We buy a bale for like six bucks. Mm-hmm. So you so, go back to the idea of where can someone, where can a city gal gardening in a city world, yeah. you know, get her hands on a price for a straw that's reasonable, you know, compare that hey, to I the I can only see half guy. your face. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's an issue mm-hmm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't help you with that one. Yeah. I so. mean, the only thing I would say is like, if you ever like go outside of the city, you might be able to. Um, I only see half your face again. Keep on talking. You you'll only be. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. You might be able to get it cheaper outside of the city, but if you can't, you can't, and it is what it is. But you can also buy it um, pre-shredded at like a Lowe's or a Home Depot or something like that, and that makes for a good um, mulch because once you shred it. Then, it, like I said, it breaks down faster. And I kind of, I like the contrast that it gives you against the leaves in your garden, too, for aesthetics. If, we're, if you want to kind of focus on that a little bit, the aesthetics portion, I feel like that's, you know, I, I think that's a good contender, too. I believe that leaves are at the bottom of the list for aesthetics. So, um, the straw, though, you have to have, it has to be like thick layers, And just a note for anyone that really is still watching us at this point, when I first uh, adjusted the uh, the blinds, (laughs) I didn't adjust. I didn't roll them up. 
you know so it's like all right ta-da and it's like oh wait no so now I finally so now not only will you have to remember to remind me to adjust the blinds but also remember to tell me to you know roll them up yeah one more thing Leonard I will one more thing for the checklist Leonard keep a track of it bro but I've seen them at your um I've seen them at like Michael's, which is kind of like, you know, kind of a home fabric kind of weird type combination store. I've seen them at. I don't um, know if I'd buy from there. I've seen. Yeah, because it's like what's really in there. But I've seen them at your. Yeah. Maybe not Home Depot's, but I've seen them at maybe a Lowe's or two. But again, it's like they're they're in the store for like, oh, someone wants to add it to their Halloween decorations, you know. So again, it's not priced to say we're going to use this. Uh, in large spaces for your garden. Again, middle it's of the decoration city. decoration price, yeah, not, exactly. not tool price. Exactly, which is yeah. probably what the site that I bought it from. And I shopped around. It wasn't as expensive as I just quoted, but everything is higher now than it was like two or three years ago. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I wouldn't, not with where I'm at now, unless there's a truck of, of hay that's just, go, or a straw that's just going to ride past, I wouldn't use it. I still have some left from my previous purchase that I'll cover my strawberry bed in for the winter um you know mm-hmm. to insulate it but once it's done it's done so. yeah so when you come down and visit we'll send you home with like four bays of yeah, no. four bales of straw <laughs> you know we'll how much you, up. you know how much um gas i'm gonna burn i'm gonna have to one drive two i'm gonna have to burn so much gas because i'm gonna have all of these you know cheap north carolina price stuff <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs> in the back of what we'll is, it a U- of- is it a u-haul right yeah. You know, I find it hard to believe that, like, I don't know anything about um, Illinois, but mm. like you couldn't go out to like the farms or something and get some straw out there. Prob- it, it's like probably, you probably have to make a trip. Yeah, it's probably an hour, hour and a half out. Because, I mean, if you think about where Illinois is centered, I'm probably less than two hours away from any big land. You know, like it's I could get yeah. to it if I wanted to. Um, it wouldn't be worth it, though. I mean, that yep. would just add the cost mm-hmm. of it so it much. It actually goes back to the idea of when I got the... Um, the uh, cow panels to create the trellis like between the panels themselves are super duper cheap got them from a um, what's a tractor trailer store in indiana it's like 16 tractor supply yeah same thing Uh, in my mind that's what it's always going to be so it's like 16 17 bucks for a panel which is not a lot of money when it comes to what i'm using it for but it's the trip out there the trip back the actual trying to transport it since it is a larger item it's like when that stuff starts to add up which is I'll have to look at our schedule for next year if we have episodes centered around the, remember, it's a $72 tomato. You know, like uh, you do yeah. all of this and then you end up saying, wait, how much did I spend? You know, so. Right. I yeah. Can, and I mean, that's that's the down, the dark side of gardening, but we're not going to get into mm-hmm, that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep it light. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to keep it fresh with some mulch. Yeah, yeah. But, um. You know, and I, I agree with you, too. I and I actually believe that if you don't put enough straw down, it can be the worst as far as blocking weeds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to really go thick on yeah. it. Because if you, I mean, everybody, I hope everybody knows what straw is, but it's just long, thin pieces mm-hmm. of straw. Mm-hmm. And if you don't put it down thick, I mean, you get big holes where light and can get and through it. And it's super hard to even kind of, weed that just based on the way yeah. that the uh, straw has been spread and you're, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the, you got to go big yeah. or go home if you're going to use straw. Yeah. Yeah. And I take my bale and, um, 
we leave them outside and, you know, we give some to the chickens, but then some of it we'll take and we'll take off those little bricks that I told you about. Mm -hmm. And then I'll run over those with my lawnmower. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, do you have a lawnmower? I do. I was going to bring this up earlier, but I didn't want to be like, wow, wow, wow. I have a big old front yard garden with no grass, which also means my um, lawnmower isn't used often over the last two years. But it can be when you get these leaves. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole different conversation around that. So every year it's there's easy. something that I have to do that my uncle helps me with some priming or some crap that I didn't do or I should have ran the gas out before it got cold or some crap where I have to uh, bribe him to come over every year at the start of the year to you know put some magic spell on my lawnmower and I didn't do that this year because I don't have grass and you know so I don't know that my lawnmower is going to yeah. rev, rev, rev up. We'll see. Well, it's worth it to get it to rev up so you can you know chop these things mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. because it does it definitely like i'm a you know when i first started i was like i'm just gonna put the leaves down there and it was just it was a hot mess mm-hmm, and yeah. now it's like you know shredding them and all that yeah. stuff it just makes such a big difference and you know to kind of feed into next week a little bit it's like like i said i keep the bin of the leaves right next to my compost bin so i can just drop a little bit in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i can you know start to feed that compost even more because you need that ratio yeah roughly but um you know and the straw is the same thing it adds the same thing as the leaves it's mm-hmm. that carbon mm-hmm. that it gives mm-hmm. to it so yeah but i like the leaves and the straw because they don't tie up the nitrogen like the wood does because of the density right yeah well i don't i don't honestly don't know the correct answer all i know is that and I do believe it is that the wood, until it starts to break down, it sucks up the nitrogen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of locks it in. So you kind of get like a nitrogen lock inside of your garden, which is what happened to me this year because I was trying to fertilize to combat it. So what happened was it was tying up all my nitrogen, but it wasn't tying up the other aspects. So I was nitrogen low, but everything else was high. I don't know. You Does just you, you teetered into the womp, 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 womp yeah. zone for me. <laughs> I, th- I yeah. think all of that refreshing sun has drained me. <laughs> well, I'm going to break it down for you in, in two weeks when we talk about soil because yeah. I'm going to go over my soil test, which was oh, good, good. interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did a poll on Instagram about it. And it was amazing to me how many people were like, I just wing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, do you test or do you not test? Yeah. You just wing it. And a lot of people were just, mo- the majority of people are like, I just wing Absolutely, it. Absolutely, I wing and it, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's ex- completely acceptable. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, as long as you're not having an issue, yeah, I don't see a problem. You know, I was definitely having an issue. Yeah. There is so a little bit about, there's a little bit about this once you kind of cross over a certain threshold where it's almost like you're chasing a problem like it's it's the you know not you in particular but we're always asking the question about kind of or trying to solve the what's wrong you know yeah. and in some instances it's kind of like well you know is there anything yeah. really really wrong you know i don't know i'm getting kind of whimsical in my case yes there was well, yeah 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 you had so you withheld was... things like cucumber recipes based on their you know the thing that was wrong so i get it <laughs> well, you know, and I think that it's, you know, 
if you're adding mulches and stuff like that mm-hmm. to your garden consistently, it does work itself out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why we do like raised bed gardening because in your or in like container gardening because you're adding soil in and you already know the parameters of it beforehand. Yeah. It's when you're going directly into the ground that you really need to be careful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of places say like before you start the right way to do it if you're going to do an in-ground bed is just mulch it and compost it for a year before you even oh, plant in okay, there. Okay. I Who was, the hell's going to start a garden if they do that? Yeah, though? wait a I whole mean, year. Damn. I'm looking forward to the wait, soil. Wait a whole year. I'm looking forward to the soil episode um, for a couple of reasons, which, you know, well, we'll talk about that in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's, um, you know, if I had to wait a whole year before I even planted my first vegetable, I would have never started gardening, man. Screw that. You know, I would have. You like, I could I mean? have totally, I could have seen myself totally doing that with a front yard garden. Like, I people, people would walk past and I'm like, no, no, it's, I'm prepping it. Guarding loading, garden loading, yeah. you know, um, maybe I've been midway through the but summer. Just, like, let me just put this one plant in. <laughs> yeah. But just adding that soil in, I mean, right there gives you a jump. And I think that's why a lot of people don't ha- even consider a soil test because basically they know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So based on the soil there, they've kind of, added yeah, yeah, they've added. Mm-hmm. So it's like the soil I bought, like I knew the pH when I bought it. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was well balanced. Yeah. And all I needed to do was plant. I just needed to add compost every year mm-hmm. or mulch, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to be exact. Because I hadn't mulched for a long time, ever. Honestly, I never mulched before. And I definitely noticed a difference in mulch this year because of the watering. Mm-hmm. So as you know, I changed my watering method this year, which just sucked yeah. bad. Um, but you know, doing that, I didn't, I think the mulch helped, even though it was an inefficient way to water, it helped retain the water enough to where it was doable. Right. Yeah. But there wasn't enough water going down to move the nutrients throughout the beds. Ah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So that's you know, not that something was because that we, the wood was so dense. That's not something we often talk about, you know, that whole moving those nutrients down. Because as those well, roots get... that's what we're going to talk about. As those roots get on deeper. On soil day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On soil day, we're going to talk specifically about moving nutrients to your roots. I feel like I'm, go- I'm a kid so, at school, like, today's soil day. Are you dressed for soil day? <laughs> Yay! And... I'm going to go ahead and tell you that the concrete that you're planted on is probably helping you out too. I, I can, there's some things I've read about that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause you, and it's helping move the nutrients throughout the plants. I often talk about it because it's kind of like you don't grow food on concrete, you grow fruit, food in dirt, you know? So this is the thing that you're, you're kind of like, you're raging against the garden machine, right? And you've just benefited from yeah. it. And that's not exactly how it works, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, wood chips, I, I think my order of preference would be leaves, straw, wood chips. Mine would be wood chips, leaves, straw. If the straw was cheaper, what would you think? Leaves. Leonard, we're going to have to cut out some of this dead air. Yeah, leaves. 
I don't know, dude. I mean, I just, I still think about like, if the straw was free, maybe it comes in and moves around from leaves. I don't know. I'm just, I wasn't impressed. And again, I didn't do really? like we, we described. I didn't plant, it wasn't real, a real thick layer, but I just wasn't, it seems garden-y, but I wasn't impressed. So. Yeah. And it's, that's a good point too. It does seem gardeny, mm-hmm, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. It seems very gardeny. Like, oh, I got my bale of straw. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and put it on there. And that's what the farm animals mm-hmm. eat. I'm going to go ahead and throw it mm-hmm. out in the garden. Yeah, it's going to be all Tell nice me. and good. And yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. It does yeah, seem man. gardeny versus wood mulch to me seems like more like a f- landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's like this is in a forest, you know, it's, um, there's definitely something more rustic about it, you know, um, mm-hmm. that doesn't kind of scream like growing things. That may also be a reason why a lot of people don't necessarily pick up on it's a vegetable garden. You know, you kind of look at what's, you know, in my yard. Um, just for the record, though, for the podcast world, I'm a pretty quick thinker. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious that anytime I'm not immediately immediately coming up with a thought or a response people are like what's wrong it's like you know every now and again I actually put some deep thought into an answer I'm just not babbling on yeah. so podcast world accept it yeah it, it, <laughs> I think it's you know it's interesting too that the cost is what kind of drives your decision about things too which is acceptable completely yeah we gotta add I'm gonna check once we get wrap up here because there is um let's just leave it at you know potential garden costs um have to be a part of the way you make decisions you know i think that if you're going to be in this more than a garden year you kind of have to start weighing and balancing some of those things so we'll talk about that um on a future episode 50 percent of this podcast uh duo is down for that so you'll hear it uh, um, 100% of it's down. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, um, I'm 100% down for that because that's, and that's another reason why I won't use mulch again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And that's you know, the reason why. Or not mulch, wood, wood mulch. mulch, yeah. wood mulch sorry. It's um when the city of Chicago realizes, wait a minute, we could make a pretty pity on it because you know it's only a matter of time. You know, when that, mm-hmm. when that mulch program is no longer the free mulch program, then I'm going to be doing some different things, right? You'll see me all throughout the year collecting leaves. Like, where are you, where are yeah. you at? I'm in South Bend, Indiana, collecting leaves, you know? Like, yeah. um, so that absolutely, it's, it's hard to turn away a free resource that's that plentiful, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, too, when you go about collecting leaves, they're like, well, what about people that spray them? That's and I'm like, you know, I don't know a lot of people that spray trees. Well, that's the thing. And one, people don't. And then you kind of go with the whole idea of, well, the leaves have been sitting on their grass. And at some point, you know, sure, in the most ideal world, you wouldn't have them have sprayed anything. But what happens to the leaves from their neighbor's yard that blew over to theirs when you're collecting them? Like, it's a whole thing. It depends on how particular you want to be. Because for me, asking for leaves, the first time I collected leaves, free leaves, I was driving by um, a couple of blocks down and I saw the leaves just in a plastic in plastic bags. Like, the, the homeowner had raked them all up, had them out, and was planning on probably transferring them to the back. And so I left her a note. Did I have to tell you this story? I left her a note and said, you know, hi, I'm an 
awkward woman that's three blocks over. I have a garden. I love to be able to take the leaves off of your hands because I mean, it's just not proper for me to go into someone's yard and pick up bags of leaves, right? That's not the kind of neighborhood we live in. So I left the note and I left my phone number there. Like if it's okay, you know, feel free to send me a text if it's okay for me to come and pick them up. And she responded. I don't think she actually called. And so, you know, we chatted for a second and you know, it was awkward because I was in that same place of asking like, so do you spray anything on your guard or in your grass? <laughs> and you feel like an asshole because you kind of are, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and she's like, no, you know, like any kind of, you know, weed blocker or, you know, whatever. And so now this is a few years later. I'm just kind of like, whatever, man, if I can collect them. I, I literally collected leaves from the farmer's market. I went to the farmer's market like back here in November. That's a good idea. Yeah, and uh, the space that they had, the farmer's market, is just like an open street. And I saw the, these bags, like in the recycled bags, and I'm like, because this is what happens when you start to get into this world. Everything looks like an opportunity. And so you're like, I'm looking at them like, huh. So again, don't want to just walk up. There could be someone else that basically spotted those leaves for their garden project. So I asked kind first of- First come, first yeah, serve, man. I asked kind of the- It's a dog eat dog world. <laughs> I asked the, the uh, greeter, because they did the whole thing where they had someone at a table, had hand sanitizer there. So I asked him- well, you know about those leaves, you know, I was real cool with it. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, we just, we uh, raked them up because, you know, this is kind of our spot for this Saturday, yada, yada, yada. He's like, I was going to um, compost them. I'm like, well, you know, I could take a couple of bags off of your hands. He's like, you, t- you can have all of them. Uh, so he loaded them in the car and everything, which was nice. And I came back and like gave him a package of, you know, they sold four or five to a pack of the recycle bags because obviously he was just going to recycle them, but you know, just as an appreciation for doing the hard work. So anyway. So that's where being that's where being a woman comes in handy. Because if I went up there, they'd be like, yeah, go grab yeah, them. Yeah, right. I'd be like, damn, homie. <laughs> so then what ends up happening is the leaves come from that neighborhood. They come from the open parkland right there. I don't know what the hell any people are doing you know, around there. But at some point, you kind of have to draw a line where if it's not from your land, you kind of have to accept you don't know what's happened to it at least in my yeah. mind you know it's still going to be a benefit to the garden if i open it and i smell skunk or something then yeah i think maybe don't use it you know yeah i mean i use leaves from all of my neighbors mm-hmm. and i know that some of them spray but i'm not convinced that when they rake it up that it's like all up in the leaves that mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. and plus the benefit of it is is when you compost them it actually, um, the carbon will break down some of the other carbons mm-hmm. that have all those pesticides and stuff in it and help neutralize mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So that is something that does occur too, which is interesting. But you have to hot compost and we'll talk about that next time. Okay. So, um, all right. But yeah. So it drives me crazy when I see people throwing leaves out. And I'm like, you don't know what you're getting rid of. You literally don't know, like, even for your yard, like if you don't want to rake them, like put a mulching blade on your lawnmower and just roll over them and let it compost into your yard. Yeah, you say you that know? though, but then you kind of get into kind of social norms. Like there are certain things in certain areas. And Man, the- fuck a social norm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, am seriously. I expected to now go in and defend again? <laughs> You don't need to defend society. I could care less. Uh, but you know what, though? In all seriousness, that's a, a new social norm. If you talk about, like, back in the day, like, 
Dude, it was completely commonplace to do that. Like people survived off that, you know. Well, back in which They'd day though, live. right? So I can remember the, the I can remember growing up and raking leaves was a thing. I mean, you're yeah. talking about the eighties for me. Um and I mean again, that's just what you do. That's it's kind of the commitment that you've made to your neighbors to kind of keep the place tidy, which has always been the question, because I get it a couple of times a year now. Always been the question about do your neighbors complain about your front yard garden? Um so and to my knowledge they don't. Uh, at least not to my face. Not to the city either, hopefully. I mean if it doesn't look like crap, why yeah. should they? Well, which goes back to you the know? the perception of leaves because it's not just leaves. even if you shred them up, they're not going to stay in your yard. And that's the thing. So what I do in my yeah. garden and my front yard um remains in my front yard, right? You know, so that's it. That's all. Yeah, we're very careful about like if we put because you know we have a, an HOA in our neighborhood. Do you know? Association. Okay. Oh yeah, uh-huh, we do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people probably listening to this on the HOA, and I got one message for you, son. But um, <laughs> you know, I I am respectful of like, hey, you don't want to have some crazy crap going in your yard that just looks terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if I'm going to plant something and I can keep it neat, like I can do what yeah. I want to do. You know what I mean? If I want to put a strawberry patch in my front yard, fine. As long as it looks yeah. OK. It's all perception, you know what I mean? though. Like what I, looks OK is all. I mean, it's it's to each its own. Right. So, well, I wouldn't put a tomato plant up there that's indeterminate. That's just going buck wild and, you know, just so you know, <laughs> everywhere um when my cousin they came here last year and as soon as he pulled up he's like yeah clearly you ain't got an hoa you know <laughs> like so i think i am i'm probably a rule rule follower like cross off living in a condo for me in the future because even if it's you know or any space that has an hoa i'm gonna follow that rule you can i mean again you could do some things i know you know there's you know, I think he was telling me about some guy that had a fruit tree, like an orange tree or something. He was like borderline, mm-hmm. like about to be reported. Um, but I, I say that to say see, that's ridiculous, though, because it's it's an orange tree. Like it's a tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I say that to say, though, um, we're not we're not living on land where your your nearest neighbor is a half a mile away. Right. You know, so there's some of this is just the reality of it. If you can't bribe your neighbors with garden treats, then you got to follow the rules. Right. So, yeah, (laughs) I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment completely. And that's why I plant my food in my yard is lemongrass. I got them. I tricked them. (laughs) Nicely done. I tricked them, them son of a bitches. <laughs> and it's going to spread next year, too. We're going to be spreading all over. Victorious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it's. This opens up a whole nother conversation about that. But I believe that like HOAs and stuff with rules, like if you can't have like an orange tree, because, you know, fruit trees can be very beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you trim them a little bit, yeah. you just, you know, tidy them up yeah. somewhat. I feel like it's part of society's way of taking away our independence as far as the food chain goes. Mm. And it's really sad because the people that do that don't realize what they're doing. So like in our neighborhood, you can't have chickens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
But the problem is, and the reasoning is, is they're loud. Well, hens aren't loud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Roosters are loud. Like hens will sit back there and you won't even know they're there. I don't know that, but yeah. And the whole time, yeah, they're they're Mm -hmm. quiet. I mean, you know, when they lay an egg, they might go, (laughs) you know, when when they squeeze one out. But other than that, but now a rooster, I mean, you know what a rooster does. And they don't crow just in the morning. They crow at night. (laughs) So, you know, when the sun goes up, when the sun goes down in the middle of the day. So they don't even know what they're saying or what they're doing. They're just stopping us from doing, raising these things. And if you can keep it nice and neat and tidy and not stink, which is a way to do it, which we're going to talk about next week as well. (laughs) Um, there should be no issue. Yeah. But that's so they're just like, taking away your your independence. In our Backyard Gardens TV podcast, a thon, whenever we kick that off and we're on like hour 18 of the podcast, like, I mean, that's a whole other thing about, you know, there is, you can't be as, um, as specific as, okay, this is the thing we're trying to combat and now we don't want roosters, but you can't have chickens. Like, there, no one has an interest. The Homeowners Association, whatever that committee is, has no interest in getting that detailed about anything. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. In my in my mind, and I've never lived in uh, with an HOA, but in my mind, it's, it's par for the course, right? So there's a benefit that you get by moving to a place that has these guidelines. And unfortunately, you may run across one that doesn't really float your boat. But what are you going to do? Right. You chose that area for those for other specific reasons. And everyone doesn't enjoy every single rule. Do you know my license plate sticker is one hundred and fifty dollars. So I have to pay the city one hundred and fifty dollars to put a sticker on my license plate to drive my car for a year. What I mean, I can choose not to live in Chicago. Right. You know, it so, was $100 well, case, last year just to note, though. So I do have a, a legitimate. So complaint. in my case, what happened is we moved into the neighborhood and the guy who was in charge of the HOA while they were building it, he was like, you can have chicken. He's like, I don't care what you have. You know, it's like it's written down, but it's fine. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whatever. There was like really no. And there's still like our HOA is like so slack. But their whole argument is the town won't let you have chickens and I read it and it said, no, the town won't let you have chickens to sell, mm. but you can it specifically says you can have to raise for yourself. So let me ask you, you see what I'm saying? Are you able to yeah. dance in your town? No. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, it's still it's fa- crazy my favorite Kevin Bacon movie ever. Like, go on. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no Tremors is way better. Okay. Um, to you, but go on. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to get into this whole Wyatt Earp thing again. Like, <laughs> no, no, we're not. But um, no, and there's a lot of towns though that have that on the books, and they are rolling them back now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're yeah. rolling all that back because, and I mean, do with the pandemic, like I'm so excited if there is a silver lining. I'm so excited to see what this all means for gardening and for you know your city gardeners, for your urban gardeners, for your non-home like traditional homesteaders, like what it means in 2021 and 2022. Like I am, I mean, it's, it's real when it comes to the increase in gardeners. And so you talk about, which is a good example of how much does that change? Like people, 
let's pretend like I lived in an area like, you know, that had a HOA. They may not care about that stuff because it was never on their to-do list. But if I have 10% yeah. of my neighbors that really want to start a garden, then, you know, there can be change in that. Because all of these things are just a committee of people that say these are the rules, these are the guidelines, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in seeing kind of what, like the staying power, this interest, uh, you know, kind of has in the coming years. So, anyway. I hope it stays. I, I think that what has happened and um, we really need to end this episode. I mean, you're the one that um, keeps on talking about stuff that has nothing to do with mulch. So, you know, I'm a talker. You ain't bullshitting. <laughs> I'm just, you ain't lying. That's, uh, one more thing to say about my $150 you know, license plate sticker, which is separate from the window sticker fee that you have to pay. But anyway. I, what, what I want to say is I'm, I'm fitting to finish it right now is if you based on this year 2020 and then going into next year which is tomorrow 2021 you will see that people are shook because they saw that the the you know the food industry kind of weaken a little bit mm-hmm. at certain times and i think that there has been an awakening and i think it's a very good thing and i think that it will stay for some people and i think for some people it won't but I think what might end up happening is the people that were already had like your little tiny gardens, mm-hmm. I bet that they have grown their gardens or will continue to grow their gardens a little bit bigger. I think that's going to be the real outcome behind it. And mm-hmm. I think container gardening will take off. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I think you're going to get a lot. I'm not convinced. And the reason why I'm not convinced, although I'm a firm believer in anytime there's some significant tragedy like what we're experiencing now, something that just changes the feeling of the system, what we thought to be true. In most cases, in my adult life, you don't go back to the way that things were. So again, we've talked about like, when's the last time you bought a 99? Well, I'm going to speak for me in the city. The last time I bought a gallon of milk for 99 cents or, you know, a gallon of gas for 99 cents was probably in the 90s, you know? So, like, once those things change and the market says, okay, we can accept that, there isn't a going back, right? And so, in that with that argument, it's kind of like, okay, so now that we have food growing our, in our gardens, we're not going to go back to the grocery store. I don't think so. I think that there, the reaction was out of a bit of panic, understandably so. I think that you're going to get to 2022. We're going to be at more of a sense of normalcy, and folks are going to be much more comfortable saying, I'm getting my food from the grocery store, because this, this gardening stuff is hard work, you know? So I think that we'll, we'll have is, some but- leftovers, meaning some people that have said, okay, I've been wanting to do it, I've done it, I'm sticking with it. Some people People that said, I never wanted to do it. Here I am. I'm enjoying it. But I mean, I, I think that let's call it, let's say there are a hundred new gardeners as a part of this, just using a nice round number. I don't think you're going to stick with a hundred going into 2022. I'm going to skip over this no. next year. Cause I think we're going to see more of the same in 2021. Um, and I'm not sure how much of that 100 is going to be retained. Uh, and so that's the thing I'm curious about, because I think what's going to end up happening on the downside, I think things like price prices for seeds, prices for other things that are garden related. That's the part that's the milk and the gas. That's the part that's not going to roll back. So us gardeners are yeah. going to basically be stuck with those prices because the market can bear it. Right. And you won't have those hundred people that, you know, kind of joined us with it. I'm not begrudging them because even two years of gardening, you know, speaks to my garden heart. (laughs) So, so yeah, Yeah. I I mean, again, I I have no facts on it. Think about it this way, though. 
logically. If it's not like you're like, okay, I'm going to learn how to knit. I'm going to go buy some knit needles. I'm going to go buy some yarn and I'm going I'm to knit some shit. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Put it in a bag. You're done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you start a garden, you tear up your yard, you dig it up, mm-hmm. you add soil, you add a structure. Sometimes you introduce watering, you spend all this money. Now you have an investment and I'm curious to see, and I actually don't believe that people will turn their back on that time and money investment that they have made in their areas. Like, you know, some people, like I know of some people that are just like, I'm making a 20 by 20 plot mm-hmm. in my yard mm-hmm. and they literally tore up their ground. Yeah. And I think that you're going to see those people hold over because they're like, screw it, man. I already did all this. Like, I might as well keep going. So I, I would be interested to see. I, I think that people can walk away from that structure easier because there's a part of it where remember the group I told you about when it came to backyards and, you know, spending time in, you know, your, your, um, you know, your outdoor area. There are people that commented about how little they use their backyard. It's very much like um, when I moved in, my um, basement was semi-finished. But it was kind mm-hmm. of like it wasn't as desirable. Like it was the I fast walked through it to get to the laundry. You know, like I didn't really want to stay yeah. down there. And so then I had it finished to my liking. And now I'm much more comfortable hanging and chilling out down there, you know. But it's not like I can or another good example that finished basement has a treadmill that we will be getting on at the first of the year. But it's very easy to say that investment, I'm looking at it like, I'm going to go ahead and dry this blanket. You know, <laughs> like, like human yeah. beings can get over the idea of they spent X money. This thing doesn't, this thing wouldn't have been here if they didn't want to do that thing. They're over that thing. Um, I'm rooting yeah. for them all. Right. I think that there's no harm to come from this. I'm, there's really no. no harm to come from it overall in the grand scheme of things if people walk away from it in 2022. You know, I'm just saying that... There's more seeds for us. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Uh, I'm just saying that I, I'm not convinced based on the work that it takes to grow more than maybe a tomato plant that people will... Because there's also the other part of it we haven't talked about is, which we're really, you know... Um, blending in here. We need to end yeah. this. The only part that we haven't <laughs> talked about is the idea that in 2020, so many people were at home much longer than they ever have been. So not only have you right. said, look at the food system and the scare there. You, I mean, think about how many people that have adopted dogs. You know, I like, think about, I mean, we're looking for things to do to fill our time. And I'm skipping over 2021 again because I think we're going to have a little bit more of what we've experienced in 2020. Um, in 2022, I'm looking at that's the clear year. And people are yeah. going to be out socializing. They're not going to be weeding their garden and sowing seeds as often. I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm mixed, you know, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. The last benefit, so. though, once you learn a bit about gardening, it sticks with you, it stays with you. So even if you skip four or five or six years, you know, it's something it's riding a bike. Hey. And, you know, I would like to think, too, I'm going to close it out on this. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing the line. If you started your garden this year and you harvested something to eat that you magically fell in love and you will never turn your back on it again because you have l- literally witnessed the miracle of life in more ways than one. And on that. That's it. Everybody. 
leave us a review, leave us a comment, please help out the podcast. Uh, we hope you had a beautiful 2020. We hope that 2021 will be good to you and we will talk to you in 2021 right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. See ya. Thanks for listening and hanging out with us today. If you want to continue the conversation or just see what we've been up to, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'd love to see your gardens and what you've been up to. So tag your photos with hashtag BYG podcast and we'll share them and help you out with whatever kind of issues you have. We just we love seeing what you guys are doing. And if you want to see some videos that we were producing, uh, you can follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. And we'll be posting clips and podcasts and recipes and vlogs and greenhouse stuff and all that good stuff. Everything to keep your garden soul happy. So head on over to our social media pages and give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. And until next time, learn to grow, grow for change. And we're going to call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 